Welcome to the Republican Professor this morning. Sorry, this afternoon. Let me get what time of day it is. In California, it's definitely afternoon. We have Jenny Bigelow with us. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Jenny, you're joining us from Southern California, right? I am, Orange County. Orange County. That's where I am, too. Uh, right behind the orange curtain. Yeah, what uh, what part of Orange County? Costa Mesa. All righty. Well, welcome from Costa Mesa. Jenny has just been elected as a vice president of the California Republican Assembly. Is that right? Correct. Cool. Yes. Well, what? Let's just start there. What in the world is that like to be? running for vice president of the California Republican Assembly. So well, it's a mouthful to say all that. It is. It is. It can be. Yes. So, you know, I'll just start with the reason why I ran is, you know, we have some, you know, really great leaders within the organization. And I have been the president of my chapter for the last few years. And last year I was elected as a deputy district director in my area. So I kind of got to know the individuals within the organization, some of the leadership. And I could see that with the Republican platform right now and everything been going on since, you know, Joe Biden has taken office is we really need some serious help and we need strong leaders that are gonna be able to number one, educate the voters and really get more Republicans elected into office. And, you know, a, a slew of issues that the party seems to ignore, like election integrity, which is a huge part of what yeah. our issues are, at least here in California. So, you know, I know a lot of people think the election was stolen. I don't know what I can say, what I can't say on your podcast, but I'm just going to say it is, you know, a, Majority well, of take it, that they I, will take it down on YouTube. If you say the EF word, we had three hour conversation with the film producer and they took it down. He said it twice wow. in three hours. Now okay, they put it, I'll, they put it back up, but just those two words alone flagged some kind of robot, you know, like Terminator. So if you want this to be on YouTube, then, you know, just talk around it somehow. Okay, I'll just avoid those those few words. Um, so, you know, we have some election integrity issues, and it seems that the majority of people that I talk to are, they do sense that something yeah. went very, very wrong in the election. And mm -hmm. it's really something that our party has not focused on here in California. And it's, you know, seem to ignore it. So I ran for vice president because we didn't have, in my opinion, some of the leaders in my area that... I felt could lead in a positive way. And California Republican Assembly is known as the conscience of the Republican Party. It's what Ronald Reagan used to say about us. And we are a no rhino organization. We are a 100% volunteer. None of us get paid. We are the oldest and the largest volunteer Republican organization in the state. Uh, wow. We are chartered by the Republican Party although they don't always play nice with us with, you know, for good reason, because we do try to stick to our principles and values and everything that's been going on lately is they don't seem to be doing that much. 
So I ran for office because we really need some help here in this area. And I'm hoping to be that person to make change and move the organization forward. And after last year, we, I watched the CRA grow. We had like a 76% membership growth and which clearly tells me that, you know, we have some issues in the party and, and we have a lot of what you'd call disenfranchised Republicans out there who aren't happy with the direction the party's going. So I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm already, I'm already a deputy district director. I understand how things work. There are certain things that I see that need to happen within the organization that are not happening. So I ran for office and I won. So here I am. What city were you in? Did you go to a city to campaign or did you go to some place where you were elected with ballots? Yes, we have CRA has our annual convention every year. And at the annual convention, depending on what year it is, you know, if it's an election year, we do our candidate endorsements. Every chapter gets a number of delegates and then there's a bunch of at-large delegates. So one of the benefits of CRA is, is becoming a delegate and having a voice. And it's, it's the delegates that elect leadership and endorse the candidates. So we just held our annual convention in Buena Park at the Knott's Berry Farm Hotel back in March. And I got a list of the delegates and I was able to campaign, send out emails. And I was also able to give a speech and have a few individuals nominate me for the position. And then I won. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that's where I first met you was the Costa Mesa Republican Assembly. In Costa Mesa, I believe it was. <laughs> yes, um, the boatyard, one of our historic properties here. It's, that was great. Uh, opportunity zone as well. And they were getting ignored by our city council because they are opportunity zone and should have been able to benefit from that. But unfortunately, mm. we have a Democrat majority on the council. And so we did everything we could to support that business. And unfortunately, they ended up having to sell it because of the shenanigans going on with our city council. It's really unfortunate. How does a place like Costa Mesa get run by Democrats at the local level? Unions. Unions. Public sector unions. The fire union and the police union. So the fire and police people vote Democrat. I wouldn't say they vote Democrat. But their unions certainly support the Democrats because those are the people that are signing their contracts, salary increases. So more of a play. If the if the members who live there aren't voting Dem, then who is? Well, that's the unfortunate thing with our fire department. How many people within the Costa Mesa Fire Department actually live in Costa Mesa? They don't That's live there. The they, they, they serve there, but they don't live there. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. They live elsewhere. Ah, and the same with the police. Yeah. Uh, there are police officers that do live in the city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because you're an employee with the department doesn't necessarily mean you agree with the, what the union's doing. Yeah. And the whole reason that I actually got into politics was because of what the police, the Costa Mesa police union had done to our three sitting Republican council members. This was back in 2013-ish okay. time frame where they tried to set up our council members and they actually got caught. 
that's what got me to pay attention thinking, wow, this well, something's very, very wrong here. What tell that story if you can, is it, can you tell it? Sure. Yes. It's, it's, you know, they ended up suing and they won the well, council members. When you said they set up, what do you mean by set up? Well, there's, um, so the police union, the current Republican council members were, were going through and it was, you know, their contract was up and it comes time for salary increases. And you have to look at the unfunded pension liability and think of what's in the best interest of the city. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for the public sector is we have 80% of our city's budget that goes to pay for our public sector which is our employees and all of the pensions. And at the time, I believe we had about 240 million unfunded pension liability. So of course that, you know, it's not something that we want to do. We're spending our grandchildren's money for something yeah. we have today. Ideally that if we continue down that route, our city's going to go bankrupt. So right. it got really um, contentious. If, if and- it's unfunded, then how do, how do the, the people that are retired, how do they get the money? Um, that's a is, that, great... is that a stupid question? <laughs> well, no, because they're paid throughout the years of retirement. So yeah. it's basically taking money for from the future okay. and spending it for what we actually have today. So they will get continue to get paid out. And it's 80% of our budget, right? Okay. Um, our city's budget. So that's quite a bit that, that leaves about 20% left for, you know, everything else left in our city, which is you know, our city's aging city and a lot of yeah. things we need to do. Okay. And those current council members were working on an ordinance called COIN. And what COIN did was bring the negotiations from behind closed doors and put it in front of the public. So everybody then had a, a visibility. They were able to attend these negotiations and actually see what was going on. Well, of course, the unions don't like that because, you know, they're trying to wheel and deal. And, you know, at the end of the day, all they want to get is their salary increases. And when you, I did in 2016, I did a five-year um, analysis on the employees, what they're paid. And it was actually shocking to see. I took the top 20 paid public sector employees, which was fire and police. Those are the top two of what they were paid. And I did a five-year analysis. It was shocking how much or how little, just so we can how, track. How much. How much. Because there's okay. all these things Good. that the people right. don't factor in, which is you have your base salary. So you think, let's say for a, a firefighter, right? an employee of the fire department, their base salary is 90000 That doesn't seem so much, right? That's, wow, you know, they save our lives. They're heroes. $90,000, that's, that's not much. But when you factor in benefits. Then you factor in other pay. Then you factor in overtime. That all adds up. So a $90,000 a year salary ends up to be a 400000 $400, a year salary when you add up all of the goodies that come along with that. And the abuse of the overtime, which is what gets you. Because when a public sector employee retires, they take their total earnings for the last two years and that's how they calculate their pension for the rest of their life. So, so a $90,000 a year salary adds up 400000 a year with all the goodies and the overtime. That's actually what the pensions will be paying out. Not the 90000 nor- 
for a regular firefighter, not for like the captain or whatever. Correct. Or, the captains go. Yes. The higher the level, the higher the salary, the higher the overtime, the higher everything. So do it does the, start to add up. Do the captains get overtime or does that, is that only for the line firefighters? It's a great for, question. It's for management too? I'm not sure on that one. All I know is I just took the top 20 salaries, the top, the highest paid salaries within, within the, if you go to Transparent California, that's where you can find all of the data that I had pulled. I don't have that handy to show you, but it was interesting when you start crunching numbers and you lay money. it out. Yes. Uh, 400,000 per person. That's astronomical. Yes. Average. I mean, it was wow. average and that was just the top 20. So it did include captains and chiefs and, and, you know, of course the police chief and the, the fire chief are the top paid employees. Man, I um, went into we, the wrong line of work. I'll tell you that. Y- yes. You know, and as you see the Could push city the, employee, <laughs> wow. well, you certainly get a lot of benefits and great benefits. And then, you know, you see the push from the Biden administration is to get rid of the private sector and, and wants everything to be union. So you also have union dues to pay. Every employee will have union dues to pay. And when you look at who, who funds the campaigns of these career politicians, you'll see where the union money comes in. And the amazing thing with Costa Mesa was you have CalPERS. And when you have CalPERS reporting that they forecast a 7% return, um, you have an employee that pays them, let's say three to 5% into their pension. And then who picks up the rest of that? Well, the taxpayers pick up the rest. And when you have CalPERS forecasting, they're gonna have a 7% return, which I don't understand where they come up with those numbers. Um, because if you look at the past five years, what the return has actually been is, is less than 1%. So how do they come up wow. with a forecast of a 7% return? So contracts are usually negotiated based on some of the forecasting. Yeah. And CalPERS, of course, have always come back with a 7% return, but yet the actual return is, is less than 1%. So who picks up the difference there? Yeah. Taxpayers. So, gotcha. yeah. So the whole setup with the police union, the Costa Mesa Police Association, was they hired a private investigators to go and follow three of these council members. They put a tracking device on their vehicles. And unfortunately, there was a Republican council member who claimed to be Republican, but ended up working with the union to try to set them up to get them off of the council because it was an election year. And of course, you have your mayor, mayor pro tem, and then council member. And what happened was uh, Jim Righeimer, who was the mayor at the time, had stopped this is in 2013? roughly around there. Yes. Okay. And, you know, this is be- I was not political before this. I grew up where the chief of police and his wife, of, of, who was also a Costa Mesa police officer, were our soccer coaches. So my whole visual or my whole thought process on the police department as a whole was a very good positive. And all of this happening is was like, what in the world happened? What is going on? This is unheard of. And wow. 
Yeah. So, you know, what the mayor had stopped in at Scosche Monahan's, who Gary Monahan, another former mayor, current councilman at the time, that was his establishment, was an Irish pub. He had stopped in there for dinner. And he, you know, he's not a drinker. It was more of a bar, but he's not a drinker. And, you know, he had his dinner and socialized and which, you know, what the Republicans in our city used to do. And they had a private eye that followed him from the establishment, followed him home and called in the Coast Mesa Police Department to report a DUI. So the cops came out and they actually pulled him over in his driveway. And his wife and kids were watching out the window. And of course, they're like, what's going on? They gave him the whole sobriety check. And his wife comes out and sees someone in a vehicle down the street with a video recorder recording the entire thing. So she went up to him and asked who he is and called the police officer over there. And that's how that's how all of it got exposed. And half of our police department was a complete clean out. Um, what what, what was exposed? The... Uh... The... the corruption within the departments. It was, okay. I, I would say it was Costa Mesa's most embarrassing moment in my entire lifetime. And I've really? been here for 50 years. The What was embarrassing was the guy getting arrested or that someone was videoing it. I can't, I wouldn't, I'm not sure if I followed that. The setup by the police union who'd hired this private investigating firm oh, okay. to gotcha. go out. It was the law firm. Uh, okay. that hired the private investigator gotcha. to go out and get dirt and they call it candidate research that's what they label right. it as yeah yeah um, okay and so you know they got caught and unfortunately for them you know they they a couple people got convicted and went to jail one of them passed away um right before he went to jail but there was a court case they lost and our councilman sued and they actually won a settlement over all of this the, the councilman that was arrested sued? The, the councilmen were never arrested because they passed the DUI. Oh, is that right? But, <laughs> yes. They passed oh, you been, I, I, I was, that's a piece I was missing was he, okay, I got you. Yeah. Okay. So no, yeah. the private investigators that did this and put the tracking device on their vehicles, because that's uh, highly yeah, that, against the law. That's yeah. Yeah. And then of course the affidavits and the depositions. Yeah. It's a know, little odd to pull somebody over in their driveway. That's that's a little odd. Well, were they waiting the private, for him? Were they waiting no, for him to come home? Okay. The private investigator was following the mayor, the current mayor at the time, following him home from an establishment, yeah, which yeah. was, you know, just assumed he was pub. drinking. I gotcha. I gotcha. Exactly. He assumed exactly. he was drinking, but he wasn't. He was connecting Correct. with people. Gotcha. Aha. Correct. <laughs> ah, that now yeah. it all makes sense, Jenny. It all makes yes. sense. I got you. It's the narrative they wanted to paint and reading the deposition and seeing some of the emails that they uncovered mm -hmm. from the police departments, you know, because at the time there was the president of the police union, his name was Jason uh, Chamness, and who unfortunately is still with the police department. I, I don't know how mm -hmm. that happened, but he's still there, unfortunately. But to be able to read, get access and read his emails and what they were doing behind the scenes is absolutely disgusting, unethical, and certainly not someone that's upholding the law of which he swore an oath to, to uphold. Wow. So, yeah. Crazy. So that's my story about how I got into politics was that. 
and then getting close and starting to work on, you know, some of the campaigns of Jim and Steve and Gary. Do you know Very any of the details when he was when he was in the car in the driveway? Was he just sitting there or did he not get out fast enough or what? <laughs> well, apparently the 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 P.I., you know, and this is all I'm just this is all from what I was told by Jim and, you know, by reading some of the depositions and what's in there is that mm -hmm. this P.I., was following Jim home. And as he was following him home, he called in to the police department and said he's behind someone that's swerving and, and gave the assumption that he was probably drinking, that he saw him pull out of a bar and, you know, to paint the picture that, you know, right. here we have someone leaving a bar that is swerving. So what are the police going to think? Clearly he's been drinking and he should not be on the road. So, so the, yes. the officers responding were just responding to a normal call. They weren't in on this whole thing. They just were responding. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the officer that, you know, I guess caught up to wherever they were driving is Jim was just pulling into his driveway. So uh, all this took place right in front of Jim's house. And fortunately, yeah. his wife was home and came out and, you know, saw the person videotaping and went over and started asking questions and boom, what do you know? Uncovered quite a bit. And so she got long. the identity of the guy that was videoing it. Yep. He did. Okay. She wow. Did. She, she's a, she's a sharp thinker. She's a quick thinker. Yes. That's well, you know, keep in mind that this was back in the time when they were trying, they're in the middle of contract negotiations and they were trying to roll out this ordinance that brought in the public so the public can now see what took place during the negotiations where before those were done behind closed doors. So the public was unaware of what actually happened. So, wow. Yep. Now, did you read about this in the newspapers? You said you weren't political at this time. I did. I read about it in the newspapers. Yes. Okay. And did the newspapers have the accurate story on it? For the most part, they, they did. But, you know, it was one of the, the mayor pro tem at the time I had worked with him previously at companies. So I already knew who he was. I already knew him. I didn't know him. I wasn't close with him, but I knew he wasn't a bad person. I mean, mm -hmm. he's everything on the up and up. And, you know, clearly I could see that they were taking the city in a great direction and we're getting our streets fixed, potholes filled. You know, they were um, some of these dilapidated buildings, older buildings, they were doing quite a good job on getting some new stuff in our city, something that had been neglected for years before. So I was already seeing with my own eyes, the good stuff happening in our city. So gotcha. this, you know, this is what really got me to think. And then speaking with them and, and, you know, following the case was just like, wow, we have some serious issues. I had no, I had no idea that the police union and the fire unions were even political. I had no clue. I, I didn't know the <laughs> difference between the union and the department. I had no idea. Wow. So that's yeah. a big wake up call there, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. And then I started going to council meetings and paying attention. And then of course you have Facebook. So Facebook, yeah. you know, you have all these community groups and someone had added me to the Costa Mesa Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And I started watching and observing and I could see some of the elected officials like, you know, Mesa Water, Jim Fizzler. He's been a director with the, the Mesa Water for quite a while. And, you know, I could see the way that he was being attacked in these groups and the narratives that were being thrown out there. And, and I was just, you know, <laughs> wow. 
So I started asking questions and, you know, doing my own research and finding out, making my own conclusion on things. And, you know, I was really surprised. I was surprised at, at how contentious it was. I had no idea how nasty and dirty politics was. It's pretty, it's brutal. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I wonder to what extent how local politics is actually where all the action is in, in American politics in terms of what is supremely odd and interesting if people knew about it. Uh, I don't know. We, we focus on the state. We focus on national politics. But if, if we don't know this is going on in our backyard, then how much less do we know about what's going on in Washington? It's, it's, uh, it's kind of humbling. It is. It's, it's, it's interesting. It can be very intoxicating too, to someone that's new to it. Um, you know, and, and the most important thing is, is what I tell the rest of my board is leave your feelings at the door. Cause it's not about how you feel, you know, we it's, it's about what is happening right now and what's in the best interest of the community. And, you know, who's going to be working for us instead of, you know, that's the problem with elected officials nowadays. They forget right. that they actually work for us. When you say you're bored, who do you mean? What do you mean by that? My other board members of the Post Mesa Republican Assembly. Okay. You know, because how, you know, how is that group run? How is it? Is there an executive? Well, I'm the president. There's a president, a vice president, secretary, and treasurer. And we've added some more positions because last year we grew our chapter. Um, we had a 325% growth with our chapter last year. And it's because of what happened in the 2020 election. People were wide awake and they want to know what was going on. And we were being very vocal about it. And we were out there recruiting and, and just promoting our organization. And we had some really great events and, you know, which brought, you know, in my opinion, puts, put us back on the map and brought some attention to California Republican Assembly and what we stand for and what our mission is. And people seem to like it. And, and you know, being upset with the Republican Party here in our state is they, they needed a place to go. They needed someone yeah. that was going to speak on their behalf right. and help work for them. Yeah. So, you know, with our board. Without you know, ceding ground to the Dems. Correct. Correct. Yeah, you right. know, and there's a lot of infighting in our party. Sure. And that's why I always say, leave your feelings at the door because it's not about you. It's about the greater good of the community and the state, the county. How many uh, members of the California Republican Assembly are there? Or I don't know if is it, is it membership? I don't even know. Like how many people are involved, do you think? Well, that's a great question because we've grown so much. I, I, I can't answer that. But what I can tell you is the end of last year, we grew so much, 76% growth, that we had to actually up our platform because we didn't have any room to add any more members. So we had capped out. Hmm. So we had, we had to move up. And now we are up over, I think we're almost at the 3,000 mark, but we're opening up chapters left and right. Like I have three chapters right now in the works just here in Orange County. Oh, um, really? Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, what, what are those? Can you say? Um, well, there is one that is in the Ladera Ranch, Rancho Mission Viejo, uh, Cota de Casa, Rancho Santa Margarita, that area where at one point in time, there used to be a chapter there. I was going to say, there's not already a chapter there. What the heck? 
there used to be, but they, they ended up just going inactive. And, and that's, you know, one of the reasons that I joined yes. CMRA was because of our mission and our, our principles and values and what we stand for. Um, we do truly work for the people and we really are the conscience of the party. And we try to do the right thing by the people, you know, of the people, by the people, for the people. That's really what CRA is about. And when you, you know, say unfortunately, you're a... oh, go ahead. No, unfortunately, you know, and, you know, I'll admit that that CRA as a whole was a dying organization. It really was. And, you know, it, it, it was very clear to me when I first started in 2019, I got involved with being on the board. I was asked to be on the board because the the gentlemen that ran it before were in their 80s and early 90s. And, you know, it was time how, for them. How do you get to be on the board? Who 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 makes that decision? Well, I had been asked to get involved. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And then, you know, we have our annual elections. And during the annual elections, all of our members come in and they get to vote. So how, do, how does one become a member of the you're talking about CMRA at this time? For my chapter? Yes. Yeah. OK. That's Costa Mesa go, Republican Assembly. Correct. You go to CRAGOP.org and you click join. And okay. then you click on the, the, I think it's join now or, or join here. And it takes you in and you see a list of all of the multiple chapters throughout the state. And you scroll down and you find that? Costa Mesa. What? Is there a fee for that to join? It's $25 for an annual membership. Okay. Yes. And you got to so, pay the bill know, somehow, right? You got to put the website up. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is we're a volunteer organization. So we're not making yeah. money off no. of membership and it's only $25 a member. It's an annual membership. Is there a, um, a test you have to take pass like uh, true or false? The second amendment, it means that the government can take your guns away. Well, we have 14. Is there, is there any, up. okay. <laughs> you do have to be a registered Republican. That's one of the requirements and you have to agree to the, the 14 principles of our organization. Um, and, you know, and that's pretty much it, you know, obviously if you're, uh, you know, we do validate people. So if you are not a registered Republican, then of course that's going to cause a problem for you is you won't be able to be a member. Do you kick, do you keep the 25 bucks for, for wasting your time? <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's a good question. That's something, you know, I'm new to the CRA board at this capacity, so I'm not really sure what happens. You know, it, it appears to me, most people are honest you know, yeah. within our organization. So we don't really come across that. Right. Um, there is, there is one that I did see recently that I know in my city that they didn't join my chapter. They joined as at large, but I see their city is Costa Mesa and I know who the individual is. And I know that this individual is not a registered Republican. Mm -hmm. So I just brought up, brought that up recently and, and forwarded it off to the CRA board and, and we'll see what happens with that. You know, it's possible they did just recently change their registration, but I know in 2020 and 2021, they were not a registered Republican. Okay. Well, it's interesting. So oh, now with the CMRA, the Costa Mesa Republican Assembly, you said there's a board. How many board members are there? Um, it's We're required to have four, president, okay. vice president, secretary, and treasurer. However, we've, we've added on to our board because we grew our chapter. It was so large last year mm -hmm. that, you know, we could grow our board. We added a membership director, communications director, a marketing director, a fundraising coordinator, 
Um, and then we added an at-large, a director at-large. You know, that does, was the, kind of, does the board vote on new members, new board members? Who makes the decision for new board members? Well, we all work together to make sure we're accomplishing the mission of the organization and, and help recruit. Everybody has their role and responsibility. Um, but, you know, our, our, our goal is, is we want to get Republicans elected and we want real Republicans that stand right. true to principles and values. We don't want these rhinos, you know, that are constantly yeah. voting against our rights. It's, now, what's the key if someone's listening to this and they're in the middle somewhere? I think Dems might be interested in this, too, if there happen to be a Dem wander through here somewhere. How do you know what a true Republican is versus a fake Republican? Uh, what's the difference between a rhino and a, a real one, a real Republican? Well I'll, give, well, I'll give you an example like Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney votes with the Democrats a good portion of the time. I don't know his voting record, but Mitt Romney would be considered a rhino. Young Kim, Young Kim votes against Republicans all the time. And, you know, she's considered a rhino. And rhino is, you know, for people that don't know, rhino stands for Republican in name only. Right. Can you give me an example of where uh, Kim fits that bill? She's uh, she's actually my, uh, assemb not assembly, um, she's my congresswoman. Is she your current congresswoman or is she yeah. going to be if she's reelected? She's my current congresswoman. Okay. Um, because they've, you know, I live in Ed Royce's district. Oh, and she was Ed Royce's on Ed Royce's staff. Okay. So they have redistricted in some of our, like Michelle Steele is my current congressperson and we mm -hmm. all love her. She's got a, a, a perfect voting record, except for one slip up recently, which almost cost her the CRA endorsement. What but, happened? What happened with uh, Steele? She voted on an HR bill that you know somewhere on like page 1700 and something there was some gun control that was hidden in there um however i'm having a hard time finding the bill to be able to read it myself to find out what exactly does it say because you know sometimes people put out the narrative that something means one thing when it really means another right um but you know if you know, Young Kim voted to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committees. And that is a problem because Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of the strong Republicans and obviously supported by President Trump. Young Kim is an anti-Trumper um, and feels that the party in California should be distancing themselves from him, which, you know, I'm a common sense person. When you have a Republican telling other Republicans to distance themselves from the one Republican who received the most votes in American history, clearly there's something wrong there. So common sense to tell Republicans otherwise. But she also voted to uh, censor Trump. That was another big one. And there she voted for the vaccine database, which was very recent. And then she also voted- Voted for the vaccine what? Sorry. Database, which would- fund a database to track people that you know the COVID vaccine to track who has it and who hasn't received it so and with everything going on nowadays with COVID and in the way they're using that to you know roll out this authoritarian dictator type 
tyranny with the people. Um, the last thing that the people want is to be tracked in some database, whether they've been vaccinated or not, because if you see some of the um, requirements that they've rolled out, you know, OSHA and in some of the, you know, federal where they're requiring someone to even be employed by a company to be vaccinated, even if they have natural immunity to it. And there's no scientific data to back up that, you know, that policy. So, you know, the things like that people look at is uh, being a Republican is we want less government. Steel was, was, was steel on the right side of those issues for you? She, she was, she's always, she had a hundred percent perfect voting record. And I still, I don't want to knock her for voting on the HR bill because I, I am unable to find the bill itself to read what in the world people are talking about. I was not aware that, that Steele and Kim disagreed on anything. I'm surprised to hear that. Yes. And actually we just had a endorsing convention recently, which is, you know, another reason why I'd run for VP of CRA is because we do have a couple of bad actors within our organization, unfortunately, but every organization has a few um, and they, you know, manipulated and, and did things with our endorsing convention, trying to get votes to come out in a certain manner, which is obviously against what our organization's about is we're about the people, of the people, by the people, for the people. It is our membership, our delegates that actually dictate who the, endorse, the endorsements go to. Not leadership, we don't dictate that. We can make recommendations, but right. we had a countywide local endorsing convention that had been called recently that in a couple of the districts, I was the temporary chair. I was the highest ranking state officer. So I was had the authority to call a convention for certain districts. And a couple of our other chapters, same thing. Some other state officers um, that was, you know, they try to take that away from us and call their own convention, which they had no authority to do so. And long story short, they had this convention, they had a null and void some of the endorsements because they didn't have the authority to do that. We held our own convention, allowed our delegates to actually live in the district to make the decision on who got the endorsement. Um, but Michelle Steele is running for the 45th, which is outside of my district now. And Young Kim is running for the 40th, which is a new district for her. So Michelle Steele has moved to 45, which used to be Young Kim. And Young Kim has now moved to the new 40th. And so, um, okay. Yeah, they did all this redistricting. So it's, it's a lot of people are unaware about how they redrew the lines and where some of these, what would be considered an incumbent, how they've moved districts. So, so you're saying Michelle, Michelle Field, uh, Michelle Field, Michelle Steele might be uh my congresswoman coming up is what which you're city are you in fullerton okay so yes the 45th has a chunk of fullerton so depending where you're at in fullerton she would be okay so most likely she is going to be your representative now for me her current congressional seat is the 48th congressional mm -hmm. district but since they've redistricted, my new district is now the 47th congressional district. Oh, okay. And I wish Michelle Steele would have stayed here. Because in, in you like her. Ran. Yes, we really like her. Okay. Um, 
you know, in, in, in my opinion, I don't care about your personality. I know her personally. I know who she is and you know I know Sean? what she's about. Not as well as I know Michelle. You know, I do like her husband, but he is the, I believe he is the Republican National Committeeman for California. So he may be seen as more of an establishment person. I, but, you know, since I know them, I, I don't think he is. Um, but, you know, as far as Michelle goes, I really only pay attention to her because she's my representative. Sean's yeah. not. Okay. So Michelle you know. is, is she Korean or is she Vietnamese? Yes. She's Korean. She's okay. Korean, but she speaks oh, yeah. multiple languages. So, right. okay. Yeah. So, so she's uh, now down in 45 district. And so it was the Fullerton chapter was one of our chapters that was involved in this local endorsing convention. Well, the one that they had called on March 26 that they did know and void on some of the districts. Well, they didn't adjourn with a Sendai, which left the loophole that they could recall the convention if the temporary chair of that district wanted to. Okay. So he did. He recalled that convention, which we had last Saturday. And I was asked to attend that convention to make sure no more shenanigans took place because that's what happens at the March 26 convention. Um, and I'll tell you the, the delegates, they did not, they drilled her on that HR bill that she just voted on. And they were adamant that it has gun control. And, you know, she, she did try to explain herself and I did put her aside privately and ask her about that because I've had several people reach out to me about it. But, you know, show me the proof. What does it actually say? What are you referring yeah. to? What did she vote on? Right. Um, so, but, you know, I still have yet to actually see that. Okay. So I owe Michelle a phone call so she can explain it to me. She did say that the NRA did support that bill. So I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt that the NRA did support it, which, you know. Now, how do be. you know, how do you know if a local candidate is a rhino? Because these are these are national candidates. These are con these are congressional candidates. Those issues are a little different. Uh, so when when something is hyper local, well, actually just local. <laughs> um, how do you know what your go to for discovering a rhino? Well, those are a little more difficult to discover. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. Local level, but I'll give you an example of what happened to us in 2020. And, and I believe the organization that you're a part of when you came and spoke at our events, um, we had a little conflict because you guys endorsed one candidate for one <laughs> district and we endorsed another. Oh, is that right? I, I, I yes. think I missed that. I missed that. I didn't, I wasn't aware. Yes, you guys had endorsed um, Jeff Pettis for City Council. Oh, I remember six. that. I remember yes. that now. And yeah, we I had remember. endorsed another candidate. I'm not going to name names because I'm, you know, my goal well, is just, to not. You don't need, we don't need names, yeah. just social security yes. numbers. What's the socials? Yeah. <laughs> the social address, date of birth, <laughs> yeah. um, driver's license. Um, just their fingerprints. No, it, That's all we need. You know, and this is one of the things is, you know, I'm not perfect and I was new to being president and it was right in the middle of an election. You know, I got, I got, I became president because our existing president decided to run for office. So per our bylaws, I secede to, to presidents since I was the vice president. Well, yeah. I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. So I just, you know, I, I took the recommendations of people that had been involved with 
my chapter for many, many years. And I just, I rolled with it. And, and I see now what a mistake that was because what ended up coming out on October 20th, right before the election, um, I was sent a video by a Costa Mesa Republican of our endorsed candidate <laughs> marching in the BLM protest and what? BLM and was that one of those was that one of those deep fake videos or was it real no it was real it was absolutely real it was real and then of course you now, know hold on that, Jenny are you saying you don't like black people is that what you're saying are you no, a hateful person not, Jenny no I'm not saying that at all of course not I don't see color you know, when you say don't. when you say BLM, you mean Bureau of Land Management, right? They were having yes, a big that's protest. what I mean. Gotcha. <laughs> no, I mean Black Lives Matter. You know, it was very contentious. You know, during 2020, it's you know I should you know I, I'm not going to explain it. Everybody should already know as we watched our cities burn and, and did your candidate win or lose? Well, our, we ended up splitting the vote. Oh, you know, and I have to say that Jeff Pettis is is actually got involved in, in our organization shortly after that election. And, you know, we kind of had that come to Jesus moment is, you know, we, we, we made a, a big mistake. We did not vet our candidate and, you know, shame on us for doing that. And, and I'll tell you, that's one mistake we'll never make again, you know, we, well, it's hard. It's hard to <clears throat> vet a candidate. It's hard to do that. Sometimes yes, it, they, so sometimes the, they don't tell you, they don't help you very well. They, they want, no, to, as a matter of fact, um, you know, our candidate, um, she, she flat out lied to us. She hid a lot of things from us. And we, we were well, very, we're very specific with our, our candidates. Tell us everything. Give us all of your dirty laundry because <laughs> it's going to come out at some point and we need to know how to address it, you know? And of course we were not told about a lot of things and, yeah. you know, it's, we, we, we learned the hard way and we ended up splitting votes that election. We were, you know, embarrassed and, and, you know, but at right after that election is, you know, and this is to answer the question about how do we know about rhinos locally? Yeah. Well, this is the example of how we know about rhinos locally is this person ended up to be a rhino. Come to find out that this person changed their, her voter registration to Republican. Um, I believe it was on June 4th or June 5th. And I do have proof of that now. I didn't at the time. Um, because at the time when she sought us out for endorsement, we brought her into interview. When we looked her up, she was registered as a Republican, but we don't. We only had access to minimal information. We we didn't get to see how long had she been registered as Republican. We could only see that she was a registered Republican. But I'll tell you when that video came out on October twentieth, and then I started getting emails and screenshots and um, court records of bankruptcy, all this stuff. I was just like, oh my goodness, all the things that you don't want in a candidate. Mm. And, you know, directly following the election, I had to have the come to Jesus moment with our chapter is we can never make this mistake again. This, this, we actually lost the election. We should have had a clean sweep, but mm. we did not. So one of okay. our candidates ended up living in Santa Ana while he was running for Costa Mesa. Uh, ran wow. for central committee for the 74th district and did not live and reside in that 74th district. So he committed voter and election fraud because he also voted. Uh oh, just said the EF. You just said the EF. Sorry. No, no, it's, it's okay. okay. YouTube is just 
they just go, oh, you said that word. Oh. Okay, I will retract. I will retract that statement and just say uh, that this person should not have voted. This person yeah. should not have voted in our election because that person did not live. You don't have to retract anything, Jenny. I mean, it's nope. if, they, if that's if that's an individual case of EF, then that's fine. The way it the is. reason the it's reason a, that it's a YouTube, provable thing. The reason that YouTube prove. the reason YouTube took that video down is because they said that it was um, that it was misinformation about uh, a specific. I'm not going to say, but a specific election for a specific office, and um, it just happened to be an election year and an election office that this guy didn't even mention. So anyway, I'm just saying they they. So, sorry, it shouldn't even no, be an issue. Okay. We should be we should be able to, as Americans, be able to talk about this stuff freely, and then other people will say, "Well, they're a private company, YouTube, and they can do whatever they want." And they can, the same, and that's the same, where Republicans. The same people will say that <laughs> that you have to mandate masks as a private corporation, though. So, you know, yeah. and, you know. So, <laughs> I don't believe that that's what people think. Just right, just right. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So, you're, you know, in the middle it, of a great story there. <laughs> no, it's okay. You know, we had two two endorsed candidates that really almost took our organization down and it was an embarrassment and we'll never make that mistake again. It's unfortunate it happened, but, you know, we all got to learn at some point. And, you know, so, you know, both of those candidates directly following the 2020 election, we we went and we we met with Jeff Pettis and and you know all of his supporters and we 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 talked through everything and and what we did is we ended up uniting with the right people and the real Republicans of which Jeff is. And you know I'm really hoping that he's gonna rerun again in two years because if he does I will guarantee that that Costa Mesa Republican Assembly will be supporting him. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but that's how, that's how you can discover the local rhinos. You really got to bet them and find out what's in their past. What are they telling you? What are they not telling you? You know, who are they, yeah. who are they associated with? And, and unfortunately, since the 2020 election, when we lost, you know, we, we cut ties with those two individuals. And right. unfortunately, those two individuals have now inserted themselves into the Republican Party and have created this massive divide within our city with the Republicans. And, mm. you know, it's very unfortunate. And it's people like that is what I call the bad, the bad actors is because they're not out there uniting people to get everybody on the same page. They're actually creating the divide, making it worse. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but Jenny, Jenny what what's, your, rhinos. what's your background on, uh, well, first of all, you grew up in California, right? California yes, Mesa. girl Mesa. Mm -hmm. um, before you were involved in politics. Well, did you grow up in a political home? Um, no, Let's not really. Well, okay. Somewhat. I mean, my, I knew my family was conservative. My, my mother's side of the family, they were all involved in the church. I went to the Catholic school. My grandfather built two churches here in my city, two Catholic churches, um, went to that Catholic school and Catholic church. My grandmother was a servant of the community. She started the, uh, mobile meals here in the Newport Mesa area. And, you know, which ultimately 
turned into the Meals on Wheels program. It was the same thing, but back in that time, there was no such thing as Meals on Wheels. So she was the head dietitian for Hogue Hospital. So, and, you know, she, she started a lot of that, you know, working volunteer and getting donations to help assist with people that were unable to care for themselves, but could still live at home. And she made sure they had three hot meals a day. And, you know, and then my grandmother on my father's side, you know, was involved when Ronald Reagan was running. And, you know, that was a, a big deal to me. That was my first look inside of politics, even though I was, you know, young and, and a little naive there, but, you know, my grandma was involved with this campaign. And so I just knew Ronald Reagan was the, the good one. I, I you know, <laughs> I couldn't vote yet, but <laughs> you, so you grew up in a Republican home. Pretty much. Yes. Yes. Okay. There is a couple Democrats, my, my, you know, aunt and uncle, they're Democrats, but I really don't think they are. Democrats deep down. I think they're just registered as Democrats and really don't know the difference. That's sad. So we have a Republican home and you're going through high school. Did you go to public high school? I did. Yes, I did. And I'm going from Catholic school to public school. I ended up getting kicked out because I I had so much freedom. Nobody cared. That was the one difference. I could not get out of public high school. Yes. Really? Going to Catholic school, I could not skip school. That that <laughs> they were on that. I, and I got in trouble. There were consequences. And then going to public high school, I didn't have to go to class. I would go to school, but I just wouldn't go to class. I would hang out with with friends and just goof around and you okay. know do things we shouldn't have been doing. And did you graduate? I did. Actually, I graduated a year early because I ended up going to continuation school. Oh, okay. So, uh, did you go to college? some college I don't have a degree okay. however I I my career and what I've built for myself um what, what's your I, career more than, I am a consultant for a very well-known very large software company I don't want to say the name because you know I don't want my okay. career to be taken from me <laughs> okay and what kind of consulting do you do I am a project manager for, uh, it's pretty much property management. So I work with, uh, do student housing, all the implementations, upgrades, you know, new clients, mm-hmm. building, basically building up their databases, getting all of their data from their previous systems and bringing it into our system. And then, of course, working with all the different teams because we have a bunch of different ancillaries and making sure everybody's working together and the client's happy with all of the goodies we have to offer. What? How long have you been doing that? Uh, it was my seventh year. How did I've you been get on involved the clients. In okay. I was on the client side before I actually came to the company. So I was on the client side. Is so I started off as an accountant working in the really? system. Wow. Yeah, it was property management companies I worked for. And I was an accountant and then I got hired at, at the time, the company I work for now was their largest client, um, CBRE Global Investors. I worked for them for five years is working in IT and I was the, the analyst. So I was kind of the liaison between accounting and IT, made sure that, you know, we produced what accounting needed. 
and was kind of liaison there because IT doesn't know accounting and accounting doesn't know IT. So I was kind of the techie person that knew accounting. How did you get trained up with that uh, did, without college or did you get um, that in college? No, I actually just, you know, I, I, I did take some accounting classes in college. That's, that's really my main focus was accounting and finance. And so I have all of the knowledge just without the piece of paper. So okay. you wouldn't know that I didn't have a degree unless I told you. Was um, it, uh, was it all on the job or did you get, were you an intern? How did you get the knowledge? Yeah, I started back in my early 20s. I was a receptionist at a company and they could not for, you know, they could not keep accounting people. And so I would always help them with some of the accounting stuff and they could see quickly that I understood the stuff. So they brought me in and I started as an accounts payable person. And then I started taking classes and started doing more in accounting. And, and then, of course, then I became a a project accountant doing, you know, construction draws and, and for very large properties and investments and funds and got to learn that as an accountant. And then I got hired on at CBRE Global Investors in the IT department. And, and that's pretty much what blossomed me into where I am today. I was working on the client side and, and knowing everybody within my company already because they had to support us because we use their product and the opportunity came about and, and I wasn't going to resist it because I, I love this company. I love the product and that's how I got involved. What's the key been to your success? People skills, uh, uh, knowing, knowing technology. It, well, understanding the client needs hmm. and working towards what the client needs and far as um, project hmm. management, how do they operate? How does their business run? Yeah. Trying to, to, to make sure that our product can accommodate their business process. And then in areas that we can't, and you know, every client's unique, but there is what we call industry standard, where the majority of basic functionality is pretty much the same across mm -hmm. clients. Um, but there are some quirks, you know, like we have government universities, you know, versus private universities. We work with both. I can't disclose those names, but, um, you know, we don't need names. Just addresses is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Very well known. So I get a whole insight on some of that stuff on what actually goes on within the universities. <laughs> Interesting. I think I know um, what you're, which company you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Yes. And you know, but it's, it's, you know, working with our developments and saying, hey, this is our, our clients need this. This would benefit all of our clients and working with them, trying to enhance our product and, and where we don't have it or offer it, try to build it out for the clients. So I think that's the key to my success is keeping our clients happy and getting these million dollar contracts with, with these clients, keeping them. Gotcha. Keep, keep the clients happy. Wow. Yep. What a concept. Yep, that's so why you, I'm consultant because I consult with our clients and make sure that we can provide what our clients need. Are you a W two or do you are you a ten ninety nine and you just are you? No, an I'm employee? a W two. Oh, so I just typically when someone is, says a consultant, they they typically mean that they 
I'm really a project manager. I'm gotcha. an actual employee of the company. I'm a W-2. Um, but in the terms of titles in our company, a consultant is someone that works with the client and, and helps the clients on different needs they have. So example, since it's property management, we have a screening product, uh, screening products. Um, we have a website, you know, the, the resident portal products. So we have all these different, those are what we call ancillaries. You know, they sit, you know, we have collections, we have um, utility billing, you know, all these different things. So I'm a consultant because I help the client and advise the clients on all of the different products that they would need in order for them to, to continue on with their normal business. Process. Gotcha. Now, how has been being in local politics like you have begun to be? Has that impacted your work environment at all? It it has in a little bit in a way. Um, okay. Is you know leadership skills is understanding the dynamics of the thought process with people. It's really given me a very clear picture. You know, because we, we, I work with a very large team and a lot of developers and, and some of our programming people, the majority of them are actually in Pune, India. Um, so, oh. you know, you kind of get to see uh, this, you know, diverse dynamic team that I work with and mm -hmm. not everybody gets along. Obviously you always have a few that just, you know, can't seem to get with the program and, and. You know, we have very few of those, but it, it is interesting because that my view on that is is much different than it was before I was in politics. You yeah. know, the whole the the mindset of people and the emotional feelings versus business feelings. It's like we understand you don't like that, but what you don't like doesn't necessarily um it's not necessarily relevant, you know, I hate to say that, but it's really not relevant because it's what our clients like and don't like. That's what's relevant. And are you a team player? Are you helping our client or are you working against the client? So it's, you know, we, we, we have a really great company. We don't have, you know, we don't have people that work against the grain, but it has, it does give me, you know, a different thought process when it comes to, to individuals and working as a team where hmm. some don't work as well as a team yeah. than others. Yeah. Have you gotten any blowback for being a Republican? Well, I don't disclose that at work. I'm very careful and cautious about that. Um, I, I do know that, you know, I have had private conversations with my team and, you know, my managers and, and, you know, a lot of people I work with on a, a daily basis. And we all seem to have the same views. You know, when I work okay. remote, I'm in California. My entire team is East Coast. So Ohio. Oh, wow. You lucked out. Yeah. Ohio, Georgia, North Carolina. Um, so I'm the only one on our team on the West Coast and I'm That's in California. Cool. So a lot of things that happen here in our policies for our employment here are much different than they are for the rest of my team. So oh. we don't talk politics. However, there are things that come up. And they're shocked at some of the things that I bring up Really, because we have, you know, example, you know, the straw law, you remember the straw law? Oh yeah. 
it was a joke. It was such a joke. And so I have, then they start asking me questions about that. And at the time, one of my clients was in Memphis. So I would fly out every Monday as we're implementing them every Monday and come back every Friday. So I spent an entire week in Memphis with, with one of our clients and they were coming out to California to one of our company's conferences. And they were asking me about plastic straws. Are they allowed to bring them? Should they bring their own straws? You know, it was kind of a joke. So, you know, even though we're not political, we don't talk politics with our clients or team members, things like that do come up. That's a really good example of California. (laughs) Yeah. Because we're so ridiculous over here. And of course, (laughs) as soon as the pandemic hit, all the Dems wanted their straws back all of a sudden. Amazing how that works. Yes. And, and of course, my, you know, and most recently, you know, my name's Jenny or Jen. So when we're on our team meetings and stuff or clients will ask a question, I'll say, yeah, I need to circle back around to that. Or I just find <laughs> myself saying that because I say it as a joke so much. So now I'm the circle back Jen within oh, and wow. everybody knows what that's in reference to. Yeah. So everybody laughs, you know, so that's funny. <laughs> now, uh, when you um, when you look at who is ideally involved in local politics, do you have a specific kind of person in mind, or can anybody be involved? Well, anybody can be involved, but the one thing that I always remind people is leave your feelings at the door because it's not about you. I notice that's a it's, theme of what you're saying. Leave your feelings yes. at the door. Because if you become emotional or you get upset, example, when we have, you know, with the board, if we vote on stuff and someone gets outvoted, you know, you got to learn to agree to disagree where necessary, you know, in the infighting and the constant conflict, it's like, you know, we need to, that's where personal feelings come in. So, you know, I'm not in this because it's about me. Clearly I'm impacted by some of the bad policies, but at the end of the day, we're all impacted by it. So it can't be just about me. It, it's, it's about everybody else, you know, and I'm part so of you're talking CRP. about your own feelings <laughs> or are you talking about other people? Yeah. My own personal feelings. There's, you know, sometimes there's personality conflicts. Certain people just don't get along and it doesn't matter what, what, you know, they're never going to get along. They just don't like each other, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that one's right and one's wrong. It just means agree to disagree. You see it one way, they see it another, you know, but at the end of the day, are we all achieving the same goal? Would you say that the same goal then? Yeah. What, what would you say is the, uh, the, the hallmark I'm, I'm assuming you like grassroots stuff. Yes. Because it's about the people. Yeah. How do you make sure it's really grassroots and it's not just being run by one or two people from maybe not even your area. <laughs> well, see, and that's where CRA, the type of organization we are, we're hundred percent volunteers. So, you know, yeah. we do have, you know, some really great leaders and it is our membership that actually dictates. They're the ones that are the delegates. They vote and they dictate who leadership is. They dictate who our endorsed candidates are. So membership so, gives voting rights for board members or how's that work? Yes. Yeah, so okay. example, so the way CRA works is for the first 15 members of the chapter, you get three delegates. 
and you get one delegate for every 10 members after that. Now, certain chapters, depending on how they have their bylaws, and we're all pretty much uniform bylaws with a couple tweaks here and there. Um, but one of the commonalities is electing delegates. So we elect our delegates at our annual election. In the case that we don't elect delegates is, you know, the board, two thirds of the board get to appoint delegates. So we had, um, example, we had 47 members at our annual convention. So we were allowed five delegates in total. So we, you know, I'll send an email out to all of our members asking if anybody's interested in being a delegate because we had not elected delegates. Um, asking if anyone's interested in being a delegate because we want it to be about the people. Hey, here's your, here's your chance to have voice. And, you know, sometimes we get responses, sometimes we don't. And for the people that do respond is I make it a priority to make sure that these people who, who are interested and who have not been a delegate before, let them have an opportunity um, to have a voice. And so, you know, that's uh, that's where we, as far as California Republican Assembly go, and even the local chapters is, it is not the leaders that make the decisions or dictate. Sorry, my dog is barking. We have roofers across the street, so. Uh, we, we're fans of dogs here on the podcast. Yeah, she's my guard dog. <laughs> if it was a raccoon or something, we would have probably have to cut the interview off, but yeah, or no if it was a rattlesnake, yeah. But it's a dog, so you're good to go, Jenny. Yeah. I'm assuming your dog is pro Second Amendment. She, yeah, she is absolutely. Guns and dogs. Yep, she gets the she bites the legs, and I'll uh, you know, I'll take the upper torso. (laughs) Jenny, uh, your in terms of a chapter, um, how does a chapter get started, and what's the first step in that? Well, a chapter, in order to, to be a chapter, you need to have 15 members, 15 people. Okay. And I'll just kind of walk you through briefly the, the, the new charter is what we call it process is we get 15 people together mm-hmm. and they, they become members and of CRA. You, correct. Yes. $25. That whole thing. Yep. Okay. And you have 15 people. Like right now I have one down the Ladera ranch, um, chapter um the person that's heading that she's a counselor council person for the dara ranch and she needs some help because there's no representation down there so she's able to bring in a lot of people and we're one person shy of forming and she's done this in just a couple weeks so we get 15 members as soon as we get 15 members then we have what we call our model bylaws um go through the model bylaws and kind of make some tweaks to it what's relevant to your chapter you know, because your communities may differ from other communities. Um, okay. And we. So, for we example, have, one of the bylaws might be you can't be a gang member, but if if you're living in a gang area, then maybe Republican gang members are okay. With like, as long as you're not violating the law, we don't care oh, if you're a gang member okay. or not. If gotcha. you're if you're not a if you're if you're a law-abiding citizen, you know, and and gang is kind of a generic term although we think of a gang as in you know um in not, not a good thing criminals well what would be a what would be an example of a local area that has has to make tweaks to the 
So example, um, you know, if when someone becomes a new member, when do you get voting rights? Do you have to be a member of that chapter for at least 30 days or oh, 60 days? Yeah, because yeah, good. you could essentially have um, a group of individuals, which does happen. It really does happen. Yes, of course it does. Where you get a group of individuals on each if chapter it's possible, that's very small. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they get, let's say we have a chapter that has 15 members, 20 members. And then you have a group of individuals that have 25. They all join. And they get voting rights, you know, yeah, so immediately. They, yeah. yeah. Yes. And they come in and they wipe out the board and they take over yep. the chapter. That's right. And they, they take control of it. So, That's what I would do. I mean, if I was on the other side and I was going to do a hostile takeover. Yeah, it's it's you know, we, we do get involved when that happens. I, there is um, a couple chapters that that's happened with. And then there's, you know, a couple chapters that um, purposely keep their chapter numbers low and in decline members because when you decline members and you have this type of people that you want in your chapter you pretty much know how everybody's going to vote yeah so you could dictate what the endorsements are because those are the delegates yeah. and you know we it's 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 in my opinion not a good thing is we want the people actually making the decision and if you're declining members then that's leadership trying to dictate and control the vote and that's yeah. not something that CRA the, the about. word the word dictate is interesting so yes. you're not all about one person making the decisions for for a whole county or a whole city or whole no. group okay no, and like with my chapter, I work with all of the chapters that surround me. So I work with Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, Irvine. Oh, cool. I've now started working with Fullerton, and I just got asked from Fountain Valley to help Fountain Valley and, and Tustin. So we, we, we're constantly communicating with each other. So we're always on the same page, you know, what? because unity is everything. If we're yeah. not on the same page, our, our, there's no way we're going to be able to, to achieve our goals. Right. Well, there's a, there is a, uh, and you know this, um, because you're a mature, uh, person, you, you know, that there's a tension between dictating and controlling and allowing freedom of thought and people themselves to think through things and make up their own minds. And there is a tension there. I mean, if we're all going to be on the same page, that's just easier if there's one person kind of mainly calling the shots and then everybody just tries to fit in that. But if it's really grassroots, it can be kind of chaotic because maybe not Gary, maybe Gary's not all the way up to speed on something and you have to talk to him a lot and it takes a lot of energy and maybe Shonda over here has got her reservations and she's not up to speed on this. And then they think you're crazy. And so, I mean, seems like you'd have a lot of debates there, wouldn't you? Well, that is, I, I'm actually glad you said that because that is one thing that is on my list of things that I want to roll out within CRA is educating our membership. Okay. Because, you know, the thing that came up about the HR bill with Michelle yeah. Steele, you know, I was actually shocked that right. there were people that did not want to endorse her because I know her because she's my representative now, yeah. but you know, she's now in a different district, different types of people, different types of, you know, different climate there. So, yeah. you know, I could clearly see that there is some education that needs to happen for the, for the bigger picture. You know, a candidate may not be perfect and they may have a couple bad votes, 
you know, it's great, but does that justify doing a no endorsement? Yeah, that, this all needs, have. It, you, you have to talk about this stuff. Like it takes a lot of energy. How do you have all the energy to do this? Yeah, well, my opinion is, you know, is she is the most likely to win the primary. I mean, sticking that's, with this example of Michelle Steele, but you could, it could be any number of things at a local issue that people are caught up on. Like, like it might be that the best guy for mayor is this one guy. And then there's a couple people that can't see it because they're hung up on something, something that well, you don't, you, you know, don't think is relevant. Well, and there's a lot of, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to say people are, are not smart or, or <laughs> stupid. Hey, I'm and, a professor. And, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, there are people that don't pay attention. They don't do the yes. reading They're They it's, it, it, I wouldn't say that it's about smarts. That's not how I would put it. I would just say that they don't have the, the temperament or, I mean, and sometimes people put a lot of the same work in and the same attitude and they, they still disagree and you just well, can't, you know, I mean, there's, that's just human nature. That's just, you know, okay. Well, you said it, I did it. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, there's, and that's what I mean about educating our membership is, is you yeah. got to look at the, the bigger picture. Because the ultimate goal of our organization is to get principled Republicans elected to office. So, you know, right. obviously, young Kim, I, I clearly see why we did not endorse her. That's, that's a no-brainer for, for Republicans, um, you know, and, and a couple other candidates. But, you know, for this, this latest one with Michelle Steele, is, is what I find is people are too... Um, they believe what they hear or somebody hands them something with a narrative on it. And, you know, they're too but quick to jump to, Oh my gosh, they're bad. There's, there's you know, a tension and, and, there though. There's a tension there because it, you say they believe what they hear, but then you say, educate the membership, but you're, I'm assuming they're going to hear you. Well, so educate them you. on knowing how to research, do their own research oh, I see. before you make a conclusion on something, I gotcha. you know, you always hear both sides and, and, and hmm. consider the sources where yeah, there's gotta be a, from. there's gotta be a way I, what I would like is, is, is if I had, so for example, let's say I was a part of your group and I was interested in uh, young Kim or a, a group like yours and and I, and I was like, I, what I would prefer is like, if you had, what, what would save me a lot of time would be if someone had chased down this stuff and they were like, here's the original source here. Here's the source here taken together. This is how she's different than steel. And this is a problem and it's laid out. That would take a lot of time though. And energy, I think. Well, she's, she's always been that way, young Kim. So, you know, that's why I say that one was a no brainer you know, that, that well, yeah, for was, you, if you're, if you're paying attention, but some, somebody that just showed up and, you know, still has like a pepperoni on his face, you know, from the pizza day and yeah, uh, wherever you guys, <laughs> you guys maybe have pizza to get people to show up. I don't know. But then, uh, you know, what if I, I don't know very much about young Kim, maybe I met her one time and maybe, uh, I liked how she voted when she was an assembly member. And that's what I remember. Yeah, so she has had some bad votes, and I, you know, yeah. she's not my district, so I have no skin in that game. Right, so, right, you know, right, I, right. Yeah, but I'm know, just talking about on the education piece, like educating membership. 
if, yeah. if there was a, you were saying you were in the software business, if there was some way to kind of coalesce the relevant stuff that you could easily access, boom, 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 and take a look at, wouldn't take very long. Um, well, but the, it takes the a long education, time. To, yeah. Yeah. The, the education goes to, you know, the Michelle Steele's, the perfect scenario is, you know, we, the Republican Party has been asleep at the wheel, in my opinion, and even our organization is, is bringing up the next generation of candidates, getting the right principled candidates ready to run. So when we end up with young Kims or candidates like that or elected officials that, that betray the people, um, the people that voted for them, is we, we have an alternate choice. And for Michelle Steele, she did have a, a you know perfect voting record up until this HR bill. And, and I still have, not, I'm still unsure on that. So I'm not going to speak on that particularly because I, I still need to do my own research if somebody could provide that to me. Um, but, you yeah. know, we have young, we have Michelle Steele in a new district. She is the most likely to win. There was another candidate named Longfam and Longfam showed up at the convention with this um, paper with a narrative on it and try to paint Michelle Steele in a bad light. Well, I know because what he brought up was something that's in my, happened in my district and I'm very well versed on that particular issue, which was a piece of the back bay, which is a natural reserve. Um, you can't build there. That an, a private citizen who owned the property originally donated a piece of the property to the county because you can't build on it. And then now since the county can't, we can't do anything with it because it's, it's, it's a sacred, it's, it's a natural reserve, preserve, whatever you call that, you can't build on it. And so the county is now spending taxpayer money on taking care of this portion of the land at the back bay, you know, the maintenance and upkeep and which costs taxpayers. So the person, the private individual who donated the land for free is now purchasing, purchased back that piece of land for $13,000. He's not paying for the land that initially was his so that the taxpayers no longer had to take care of that property, that piece of land. He now pays out of his pocket to maintain that land. So it was a win-win for everybody because you can't do anything with that property anyways. But Long Bam showed up and tried to paint this narrative that somehow Michelle Steele um, sold a piece of property to a private individual who supported her for under market value, which was completely not the case whatsoever. So, and that's when I say educate the, the members see. is number one, don't, when someone hands that to you, ask questions about I gotcha. it. Yeah. And then I, I think also, I misunderstood you. I misunderstood what you meant by educating. It sounds, when you say the word educate, it sounds official, like it's top down. That's how I did it. Uh, yeah, I the, think what you're the, talking about is just discussion. You're just discussing well, differences of opinion. Uh, this person you think is wrong about this. You try to show them why they try to, if they can respond, they can, if they can't, they can't. Yeah. How to engage with, yeah, with how to engage. candidates on, is this true? Is this not true? Can you explain this to me? Just ask questions. And then also when it comes to endorsing is you have to look at the big picture if she is most likely the one that's going to win the primary, I mean, for, especially for her, that's a no brainer. If she is going to win the primary as a Republican, that's, you know, 
that's 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 a given um now by doing a no endorsement towards her do we want to hurt her or because if we don't endorse her that means we don't feel she's a strong enough candidate right. or she's really not a principled republican that's actually could hurt her could that hurt her enough to lose the seat possibly and that's what i mean right. about educating you got to look at the bigger picture number one if you're going to vote for no endorsement on michelle Steele then you better produce to, to everybody a candidate that is, is well above Michelle Steele, that is more likely to win than Michelle is. Otherwise, we don't have a choice right now. So that? and that's what I mean about educating, is understand the bigger picture, because we want to get Republicans elected, not lose elections. How big of a picture do you need to look at? Like, I, that's what sounds like a lot of that stuff you could say about Michelle or keep saying Michelle, uh, young Kim. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, if, if you, if you throw her under the bus, then a Democrat gets in. Yes. Well, young Kim, see, that's that's the thing is young Kim. There is an opponent who's actually very likely to win the primary and his name is Greg Rass. Who? Greg Rass. Can you spell it? It's R A T H S. Greg Rass. He's a, a retired colonel in the military. Okay. Um, has a lot of experience in government already, and he's run he's run for Congress in the past, and has lost by just a, a small fraction of the vote. Mm-hmm. So, as far as Republican, and that's a Republican plus seven district of that where Young Kim and Greg Rass are. So the county party doesn't like Greg Rass because he's not a do as you say kind of he's a real principled Republican he's not a do as you say kind of candidate what, what are like, they saying to Kim that she'll do um that's a good question um caught me off guard with with her but she you know falls in lines with campaigning the message to get out there um Greg is all about America first where young Kim is an anti-Trumper and when you're in a, a Republican plus seven district, I guarantee the majority of Republicans in that district are, are support President Trump. So. Well, she won and Trump didn't. Well, she won, but she won in your district. Right. So this Not- is different. Correct. She's moved district. So Greg actually had, you know, Greg had made a comment during the California GOP endorsing meeting, which I was a fly on the wall. So I got to attend that and I got to see some very disturbing things from our account, from our state party. Um, Mm -hmm. But Greg Rass was on that. And he actually said flat out is if young Kim stayed in her district and ran, she would probably re-win. She would, she would win. Her, her re-election. Um, Michelle Steele, she stayed in her district, which is my district. She has a, a likely chance of winning. And then that leaves the district 40, the new 40, which is Greg Rass. He obviously has the best chance of winning there. So because of the shuffling around, moving young Kim and Michelle Steele into different districts, they, they Greg Rass got boxed out. And for someone that's in the know, that has been around in the party in countywide for for several years understands the whys and the wants behind that. 
And, you know, the, the, our county party has been a complete failure to Republicans here. And, you know, no offense to them, but they clearly are, are not, you look at the decline in voter registration, you look at decline in, in winning seats and, and the certain cities like Costa Mesa in 2020 were swing city, but you don't see our party coming in and helping, you know, cause it all starts at the local level. They don't, you know, that's something, and that's another thing about educating our members is, is starting at the local level and working your way out. But Greg Rass, in my opinion, has a, a much better chance of winning the primary over Young Kim. Young Kim's gonna get a lot of the money because she's establishment. So you have your establishment people, which have a lot of money that are all gonna be funding her. However, when you look at Greg Rass, what he's been able to raise and, and where he's at, um, he's done very well with not having the establishment endorsements. What's his background in politics? He was on city council and oh, really? permission he, he got elected to city council? Yes, yes, he did. Oh, good for him. And he originally was gonna run for OC supervisor. But, you know, and this is what I'm talking about is our county party likes to sabotage. We have a, we get great candidates that have a very likely chance of winning. And then you have our county and state party that come in and it's like they sabotage. They toss another candidate in. And what's really sad is during the time when he was running for OC supervisor, it was in the middle of all the redistricting and, and Greg Rass ended up getting the way they redistricted, he ended up making it so he was outside of the district, so he couldn't run for the, that seat anyways. But they moved forward, our county party, with pulling in a candidate, Diane Harkey. And if you look at the baggage that she's associated to, it's my goodness, what in the world would you bring a candidate like that in and run her with the county endorsements? It's, you know, and I, I don't want to speak negatively about her. I'm sure she's a nice lady. But, you know, speaking to people and actually I now know one of the victims of, of what her husband had done um, with embezzling millions of dollars from them is, is, is quite alarming that you would even, that, that our county party would even go down that line is, is, don't we have candidates that don't have baggage? I mean, come on, it's, it's, to me, that's a no brainer. That's another common sense issue. And so when I talk about the county party being a failure is, you know, we had a great candidate, Greg Rass. He was a great candidate. Very likely he could win. And they go and they throw in another candidate that has a lot of baggage. Then, of course, then you have Lincoln Club come in. <laughs> Lincoln Club come in and throw in their candidate. So, you know, ultimately, Greg Rass got um, redistricted out. So he wasn't in the district. Okay. And, of course, the new congressional districts were drawn. Mm -hmm. And it was perfect opportunity for him to run for Congress again. And he, he was at the time the most likely to win, you know, and, and then what do they do? They move young Kim into that district. <laughs> it's almost to a point of you, is this a malicious thing? What, what's, I do mean, you do you really believe that there's people that are just malicious and that's why they do it? I do. I do. I do. I, I think it's a, 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 there's a lot of pay to play deals, you know, and in proxy voting, even with our state party um, it's, it's, you know, so for like OC supervisor, we have three candidates now. We have the CRA endorsed candidate, who's Kevin Muldoon, who, by the way, it was a unanimous vote. Every single delegate voted to endorse him at our convention. Not one person for Pat Bates and not one person for Diane Harkey. 
And, you know, Kevin Muldoon has been planning to run for OC supervisor for quite a while. He's the mayor of Newport Beach. He's done everything that he should be doing. And his next step is OC supervisor. He understands the election integrity. He's involved with the election integrity. He knows there's issues at our ROV and he's willing to, to address those. But yet here we have our county party coming in and throwing in Diane Harkey, who unfortunately was married to someone that embezzled millions of dollars from the elderly and then filed bankruptcy so they couldn't recoup. And then we have Lincoln Club that brings in Senator Pat Bates. Great Republican senator voted for reparations. I mean, seriously, so you know, not, she's 82 years old. I mean, <laughs> so there's there's a lot of disagreement among Republicans in Orange County. And that's frustrating. It's, it's the way I feel about it is it's, it's establishment against grassroots. You have the elite and then you have the grassroots. And when I say elite, we're talking Lincoln Club and then establishment is the other elite. That's the county party. What makes the Lincoln Club elite? Well, it's very expensive to be a member there. And really? How, um, how much does it cost? I think 4500 is the starting, just for your basic member. goes up depending on what kind of so a member you for are. for rich people, basically? Pretty much, yeah. Lots okay. of money there. And, and well, I like Lincoln Club. I'm actually, you know, I, I, I work with them. I, 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 you know, I have to work with them. They well, may have some great candidates for me. Why would normal everyday people care what the Lincoln Club says? Because at the end of the day, actually at the beginning of the day, everybody says at the end of the day, what about at the beginning of the day? At the beginning Lincoln, of the day, I don't care what rich people think. Well, I think Lincoln Club has produced some really stellar candidates. In the oh, past. really? They so still, they, have a, time, they have a tr good track record? Yeah. And even this time, they have some pretty stellar candidates. And, and <laughs> you know, they are, for the most part. I just um, got a text message from young Kim. She's oh. listening. She's listening. <laughs> oh well great young kim would you care to respond to the she bills asked, that you voted she's asking the Democrats me on? for money <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah if you're going to donate to that district donate to the greg Rats. okay that's my that's my recommendation i don't know anything he's, about him so yeah um, well, he's 40th he's mission viejo so mission viejo you know. okay all right well i don't know if that's going to include fullerton though my, my no it's it's well, it depends where you're at. I'm not sure if Fullerton has a little slice of young Kim. I, sunny, sunny Hills. I think it may. Okay. So you know, I don't Hills. know if you know, if you know, if you know Fullerton. A little bit. I used Coyote to, Hills I and Sunny Hills are not the same thing. Okay. Yeah. I know Euclid, Euclid and Baston Cherry area. If that's close to I that. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a, there's a, a there's one block south called um called valencia mesa and that and euclid is that's that's my neighborhood right there okay so you may actually between be, that and, and harbor yeah you may actually be in the 40th you know what congressional district you're in now no i don't i haven't looked at it um i just wait for the secretary of state to tell me <laughs> Okay, well, you, you should, because those were all finalized. Um, so you should look up what district you're in, because if you are in that district, then you're going to pay attention to the candidates there. Yeah, I, I eventually pay, to pay attention. I usually pay much closer attention than probably anybody else does, but it's just I when I do so. it, when I, <laughs> when I do it is, is really the issue. Um, so uh, 
Now, I did vote for Young Kim because I thought she was the best one we had. And it, oh, it, yeah. I liked and him a lot. Was. I liked her a lot better than the other guy. The guy, and I ta- actually talked to his staff. I, I, I didn't talk to him, but the guy that, uh, the Navy guy that was there, the lottery run- winner, I can't even remember. He was my congressman. I can't remember his name. Um, but uh, he, um, his staff, man, they were just a disaster. Holy cow. I, I, I grilled his staff at the farmer's market. They were set up at the farmer's market. And I, I could not believe it. I wrote about it on Facebook. Um, yeah, you got to keep in mind with staff too, is they're just staff. And most of the time they're, you know, if they're staff, they're not making six figures and, and they're helpers. And I don't know, man, the, the, this, the, if I, if it was me, I would have fired the whole, all of them because of that exchange right there. Cause I just asked him about gun control. Oh yeah. Well, and they, and they said, and they said, uh, it basically it came down to, we're not allowed to, uh, have nuclear weapons as people, as citizens, that's the government's right to have nuclear weapons. So therefore I can't have a pistol to protect myself. That was yeah, basically and is- there. And I, I, I wrote about it on Facebook. It got shared a bunch of times. It went Very viral. We had a viral moment. But um, yeah, it was, and they were rude too. And I was not rude. I was a very nice person. I came up and I said, I'm a Republican. I, I appreciate the American flag you have here. I was actually a little bit surprised they had an American flag, um, but he was served in the Navy. So I was like, okay, well, I guess maybe that's why he has the American flag there. And I, I said, what do you guys think of concealed carry? And um, yeah, they were their reaction to that was so that first of all, they became rude and um, it was subtle at first and then it became worse, I think. And I, all I was doing was asking questions about what they thought about concealed carry. And, and I thought it was a little odd that, that their first comparison was to like, um, nuclear weapons and tanks and bazookas and stuff like that which is fine i mean compare it to whatever you want i don't to me it seems like it's very after you do the comparison uh, a small pistol that you can put in your purse is uh quite a bit different than nuclear weapons um which i don't think of as a defensive weapon in the same way as as a a small pistol but anyway that's what happened at the time she was the most likely to win and nobody had any idea, you know, because I'm assuming Gil Cisneros. I just, Gil Cisneros. That was his name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she voted against the assault weapon ban when she was in the assembly. So I think the second amendment is actually very, sometimes it can be very um, quick way to figure out a person's views on proper government power. Cause if you look at the second amendment and you think that's, all of the other bill of rights are about individual rights against the government. And then you get to the second amendment and you, and you think, Oh no, no, that, that all of a sudden confers rights on the government. Well, there's a reason why I'm like, there's no. second amendment, and there's a reason why it's number two. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, that's where the common sense comes into play. Jenny, uh, how many hours a week do you spend on local politics? Well, do you want to say, <laughs> you know, I is haven't it... added that up, but I will okay. say that I do, I do work full time. 
and mm -hmm. every spare moment outside of my work hours is spent in politics in some capacity. That's a, that's a lot. It is. What would it you is. say the most, most, mostly what you're doing, discussing things with people, organizing, glad handing, uh, what are you it, doing? It, it changes from, from week to week, month to month. Um, okay. you know, before it was building up our chapter, getting ready, um, to start getting, you know, people to be walking and getting ready for our endorsing convention and getting ready for the primary. So, you know, we have a primary, we have multiple candidates, so we'll see who makes it to the primary. And then, then my focus is going to be on making sure that the candidates that made it through the primary actually have support boots on the ground because we need people knocking on doors talking to people, inviting them in, meeting the candidates, donating to the candidates at whatever the candidates need um, is, is where our focus is going to be. Jenny Bigelow, vice president, a vice president of the California Republican Assembly, just elected. Did you take office immediately when you were elected? I did. At the conclusion of the convention, I did. Yes. Cool. We uh, thank you for coming on and just sharing a lot of your expertise on local politics. It's very enlightening. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for being so transparent. Of course, anytime. <laughs>